0: ready to go. Thank you for joining us today. We're still um, considering uh, talking about what does 22 mean to us, how it is a time for us to be getting ready to receive abundance from the Lord. As abundant as spring is, when The sun starts shining and the flowers are everywhere. That preparation begins in a winter for us to experience that understanding that we exist a lot of times through seasons. And seasons don't look like the place where we are going. We are in a place where we're beginning to understand what it means to receive people into our body, what it means to receive the abundance of the Holy Spirit. And how you prepare in those times before you get to the place where you feel like the Lord is. So how do we even prepare our physical space? And like I've mentioned before, we're starting to get it cleaned every week, which is a good step. Now that my wife is a family life director, we're starting to create a system for categorizing everything that's in this church that needs to leave the church. It is a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff over the years. I'm not here to cast blame. I'm just here to say where the responsibility now lies. This is all important and goes towards where we want to be. I can say that, hey, it would be awesome if we grew as a church. I would love to have a lot of people in here, and it's crap everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, those things are connected. And God expects us to be stewards of the things he's given us. Whereas he's given us this building, then we are stewards of this building. We're going through, we're pulling out stuff that's been probably untouched for 10 or 15 years, and it's just the beginning of us doing that. But as we show that to God, then he says, okay, now I can trust you with some more things that you're ready to receive. Even in our lives, emotionally, you can go to this country from a, as a, a macrocosm. This country has things that it doesn't want to dig in its past to clean up. And figure out we're going nowhere as far as growth and creating a new future for us as a country all that is good that with the power and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we can walk forward through these things and not be afraid of all that God may be stirring up in us That he's just not here to stir up things to make trouble he's here to stir up gifting in us but sometimes He has to stir up the dust a little bit, right? Like, that goes along with it. We got to clean and get in those corners. We got to talk about, call the people that we don't want to call. We have to, like, begin to shore up what we have before we can expect to be prepared for abundance. And the gifts of the Spirit really show us. We've been going towards this. We've talked about the fruit of the Spirit I've mentioned before, the working of the Holy Spirit, we're going to go through one by one, not ones that are exhaustive of the list in the Bible, but healing, prophecy, we're going to spend weeks talking about those, a week apiece talking about those, and that will be a constant thing that comes up. This is what makes life with Jesus like this. You see, this picture is in black and white, right? This is the life that we live. Sometimes that we're going through a colorless life. It's very ordinary. We can expect every single thing that we know if we go to this place, we're going to find a parking spot this place. We know what to expect generally when you're dealing with routine. But the color of life comes from our ability to partner with the Holy Spirit in whatever situation we're in that what the Holy Spirit allows us to do is to see situations with different eyes that we see them in the world, that we would see something and say, oh, I know exactly what's going on here. I know how this is going to work out. But the Holy Spirit interjects a difference. He interjects a turning point that creates in us an expectation of abundance. When you talk about spiritual gifts, you have to start with gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. The Corinthian, the church of Corinth, they were first called Christians there. There was a lot of things going on. And as I say, you can tell what was going on at each church based on how long the epistle is, right? You get a long letter, that means you had a lot of stuff going on that Paul had to address. Marriage and spirituality and worship of idols and Corinth got two letters, right? And if you're wondering in the New Testament, what is the organization of the books? They're just organized by length. Acts, Roman is the first epistle, it's the longest one. First Corinthians is the second longest one. Second Corinthians is the third longest one. They're just by length. And then you get to Ephesians, and it's only six chapters because they were the perfect church. They didn't need a whole lot of instruction. <laughs> you know, imagine somebody reading it from a scroll and they like roll the thing out. You're like, oh man, this is, this is going to be a long meeting. <laughs> Concerning idols. <laughs> and so, Paul is addressing spiritual gifts. And this is not an exhaustive list, it's an example of what it means and what the purpose of spiritual gifting is in an environment. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away with these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It is a gift by the grace of God. It is not us going into the Holy Spirit store and picking out which one we like. It's kind of like when you talk about... Uh, the fivefold ministry, you know? Everybody's got, oh, the apostle is is mentioned first, so that's the boss, you know? So when people are picking titles and they go into the store, they're like, I'm an apostle, that's who I am? Because that's the boss, that's the first one? That's not what it means. It means that God gives as one to he wills. We use our discernment to figure out what exact gift we have. Now, there are gifts and there are also graces. I'm not gonna get into that much of the difference between them, A gifting is something that is for others. A grace is for what's for yourself. This list includes gifts and graces. Speaking in tongues in particular is one that is for yourself. It is a grace that you begin to edify yourself. The gifts of the Spirit are for the church and each other. Our edification, our encouragement. That's how you know if it is a gift of the Spirit. How do you feel? Do you feel encouraged? Do you feel loved? Do you feel seen by God? That is a gift of the Spirit. And they are gifts and they cannot be earned. Which is many times why The charismatic gifts are spoken of as like a cuss word, you know? (laughs) It's like, oh, those are charismatics over there. You know, I don't know about them. They're gifts from a loving father and give us merely another tool to see the world full of color the way God sees the world. It gives us another tool to see his heart in situations that it would be impossible to see any other way. Now I can be good at reality and say, oh man, I see this city is violent. I see this city is segregated. I see this city is this and that, the education system. I can go on and on and on. It takes the spirit of God for me to be able to see the kingdom of God, to see what he's doing in an environment. This is the color of the gifts of the Spirit that give life and vibrancy to Christianity. That there are so many churches you walk into and you're like, wow, this is like, this could almost be like a a play at your local YMCA or something. Because when Jesus leaves and he leaves us with the Holy Spirit, he leaves us with the giver of all good gifts. God is placing something here for us. And when we go, ah, Jesus, you left this gift. I don't really want it. I've seen people be weird with it. I've seen people be manipulative with it. I think how that makes the Father feel. That you have the symbiotic relationship of the Trinity. God is not here. Jesus is not here, and the one that we have, we reject. But there is a healthy way to grow and desire and eagerly desire these gifts. But not get caught up in a gift. Remember, it's about the giver. Ultimately and essentially, it's about the giver. And I've seen so many gifts of the Spirit manifest Nearly most of these that are on the list, I've seen manifest in some way. But it's been for the profit of all. That these gifts are not to create a platform that you stand upon and to say how awesome you are. They are to love people. It is a tool to love people. That is it. That's the basis of it all. God is throwing everything he can at the earth to show that he loves us. Everything. Kitchen sink, couple of cats, like, you know what I'm saying? He's just like, everything is going out the window to show that he's like my only son, the Holy Spirit, like, whatever I have, I just want you to show that you are loved. And that's why 1 Corinthians 12 is right next to 1 Corinthians 13, which everyone, I'm sure, can quote that verbatim right now in this voice. Love is good. Love is kind. Love never fails. That is the basis of everything. Like, if you want to know if somebody is really of the Lord, you sit and listen to them or hear them minister and go, Can I feel the love? That's it. That's it. Because God is what? God is what? Everybody, come on, you can join. God is what? God is love only thing in scripture that he compares himself to in that way. That all of these gifts can be recognized by their work through love. To bring us closer to the God. Can I see him more clearly after I've been ministered to? Can I see his heart for me more clearly? And that's why It is always presence over influence. It is always that. This world doesn't have enough crap to give someone that can equal Jesus. Which is why if you have him, you have everything. And this is not some kind of hyperbolic statement that I'm making. To create uh, some momentum in a direction that we shouldn't be going, but it is, that's everything. I'm sorry, I don't have anything else. It's Jesus. He's more than enough. It is always the giver over the gifts. We don't get caught up in the way the gifts are manifesting or the way they're not manifesting, because when you have the giver, you have everything. And so many are believing and holding close for healing, they're believing God for things that have not happened and I just want to tell you, keep holding on. That most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus left this earth and said, It's okay, I'm leaving you with help, a helper. God gave his son. The son showed the way to the helper. The helper gives gifts. We give those gifts to each other. You see how things in the kingdom are supposed to work? Through generosity. Through giving. Through loving. You hear the term sometimes that you can't outgive God. That is what makes us look like God is generosity. That I'm not holding anything back from the Lord. When I worship, I want to worship with all of my heart. When I give, I want to give with all of my heart. I want to do things very deliberately because that's the only way I know. That's the only way we've seen it happen, is everything. God constantly emptying heaven, pouring out all he has in his cupboard, emptying the refrigerator, giving us everything. But we come here, you know what I'm saying? We learn how to budget. We learn how to hold things back. And I'm not telling you to not budget. But budget to be generous. Budget to say, I'm going to give this amount this, this month. Like, there's a way that we... like the Lord who is the giver of gifts and wants to just give us things without consideration of lack. I think of this picture sometimes, think of the oldest, most expensive castle that exists in the world, and imagine that all of the rooms are covered with rose petals, not just a one-layer, But, you know what I'm saying, rose petals that maybe come up this tall. Now imagine that smell. Now imagine that wealth that it would take to do that. This is but a glimpse of what our Father has and wants to pour out to us. See the love the Father has lavished on us. To lavish means to hold nothing back. That this is a part of our reception, receiving the Holy Spirit in the fullness of his gifts so that we can love each other. What is a gift? A gift is hospitality. Someone has that gift to stand at the door and go, hey, what's up? Welcome to church. Good to see you. You know what I mean? Like, these are all gifts that God has given us that we're supposed to give away. And you know what? If you don't give them away, they go away. They don't grow. They need exercise. They need to be stirred up. You stir up the dust so that you can stir up the gifts and use them by exercise. That's why I come up here sometimes. It's like, okay, I'm going to give everybody a prophetic word. I go on Facebook. I'm going to give everybody a prophetic word. I am stirring up the gifts so that it grows, I'm showing God, look, I'm being a great steward of what you've given me. And you know what he always does? He gives me more. This is why this list, I've seen everything happen on that list before, consistently, because I take this small part and say, God, I wanna exercise it as much as possible. We want to be good stewards of this space that you've given us. Growing in the gifts of the Spirit is an affirmation of the Trinity. Because it's all about giving, right? Father gave the Son, the Son gave the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gave gifts, we give them to each other. That I am... Affirming the work of the Trinity on earth, literally. Giving an encouraging word to somebody. Praying for someone's healing. Believing when I don't know if I really can believe. We are saying Trinity, you are affirmed in my life and on this earth when we are understanding that there is a gift. And this is not a hierarchy. This is just how the gift got to us. And all that we have on this earth is the Holy Spirit. So when we go, "Eh, I saw somebody take an offering a whole bunch of times and like, "Eh, it didn't make me feel good, it didn't make me feel loved. We can't let that reflect on the beauty of this community right here, where no one needs to take credit. They're just like, I can't make Jesus mad by talking about the Holy Spirit too much. I can't make God mad by talking about the sun too much. No, no, that's the earth we live on where it's like that but them that's a that's a community that is together three in one therefore when i say one i'm saying the other two that we can never put the gifts over the giver it's always the giver over the gifts and as the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit who love us so much. It is not for us to show how amazing and awesome we are. Yeah, woohoo! But it's for us to show how wonderful and gracious God is. And like I said, you cannot over-exaggerate his goodness. So I think next week we're going to be talking about prophecy. Week after that, healing. We're going to end to this. Because I want us to really evaluate how we walk with the Holy Spirit through our lives. In ways that he may be seeking to manifest through us. And as I will mention in the last verse that I read... What is one of the greatest ways to receive these gifts? Oh, you know how? The laying on of hands. And If you see someone in your environment who you believe is moving in this gift, you go, hey, would you mind praying for me? Take some humility, but we have to eagerly desire these gifts. Not because they're the end all or be all, but they are showing the giver that I value them, that I value the Trinity by eagerly desiring what they have given me. You know, you buy your kids stuff sometimes, and they just like toss it to the side. You know what I mean? You're like, and if you bought it for $27.99 on Amazon, you may not really care, right? You don't really care about that. But let it be a valuable heirloom from your great-great-great-great-grandmother that you passed down, you give it to them, they toss it in the corner, break it, never look at it again. What does that do? All of the Father's essence is arrayed in these gifts. All has been given to us so that we don't walk through this world feeling powerless to minister and love one another. I've been talking about this week how I'm just like, man, realizing how selfish I am. And, I mean, this is not a, I'm not trying to humble brag or anything like that. I just want to share my process that God has taken me through. Of like, I'll do stuff for my kids, you know what I mean? But I don't be grumpy about it. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll take you somewhere else. I'm just like, these days are fleeting. They won't be here for long. We're cleaning up the church. I'm being grumpy, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I didn't put this stuff here. I don't know why I got to move this out. not understanding that there's a place that we can actually get to where sacrifice and selflessness feels joyful. Not protecting our own interests or protecting our own wants or desires at a time where that can feel joyful. How would the disciples glory in the pain that they would experience following Jesus? Jesus. And I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through what? The laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I bet you didn't know that last verse was that close to the one above it. Everybody loves to quote that one. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and a sound mind. How has he done that? To remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. This is not some innocuous, random thing that just happens. Okay, I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a power, love, and a sound mind. That mind comes from God through his spirit in community. How do we receive that? By the laying on of hands. This is not heretical, I mean it's not, it's simple, but we complicate it with our own agendas that have many more words than love. We complicate it, theologically, etymologically, whatever way you want to say. We make it so complicated instead of love. That we are admonished to have a pure conscience. And you know why so many people are suspicious of the Holy Spirit? Because people have put char- they've put charisma over character, gifting over integrity. And we come into an environment, oh man, they can preach, they're awesome, they can prophesy, they're amazing but our character is what we're called to remember. So that as we minister through the Holy Spirit, none are led astray. And people don't walk away from Jesus and never come back because we can't handle what God has given us. My grandfather died in 2017. And he had this funeral. My father was a pastor for many years. My grandfather was a pastor for many years, and all people could say about him was his integrity. That's all they could say, that he was gonna tell you the way it was, and he loved Jesus. What more would you want said at your funeral than that? You loved Jesus, and you did what you said you were gonna do, and he was a simple man. He wore overalls every day of his life, Except for Sunday, he wore a suit, rode a truck, he was a country, you know what I'm saying, country dude. We love so much more and we desire so much more. But can we just simply take everything that we have or that God has given us to give to each other, to love each other?